Welcome to episode 590 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 590 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Bevan, how about yourself? I'm pretty good as well, John. Do you know why? Why? Because you gelled your hair today? No, I just had a shower. Oh, it's just, it's just the look, is it? It's just the look. It's just fresh out of the shower. Look, I haven't even put product in my hair. Oh, God. John, I don't care about my hair. You know, I'm no pretty boy. Uh, okay. <laughs> I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Lactic buffer. And our patrons. And its name a few. Neil the Ninja Stafford. James the Golden Goose Gothic. And Adam the Racing Vampire Leech. Leech on to you. And this week's show, we've got some news. We've got a discussion of the week. We've got a high five. We've got a, an interview. Luke McKenzie, we've got the... Uh, Island House. House Triathlon coming up uh, in the weekend after next, so I was really keen to a get him on to talk about that, but also just start to pump up this event because, in my opinion, doesn't get enough coverage for the amount of prize money, the caliber of the field they have, and the unique format they have. So uh, we're getting him on to talk about that. Good times. We're going to do winger of the week and questions and answers at the end. Jombo, we had Ironman Florida happen over the weekend. We got a good email through from Admiral Rosie saying, "Morning, chaps. Hope you got this gets to you on time." And he did. He sent it through this morning. Well done. Ironman Florida, non-pro race, but the standard this year was pretty high with the age group ranks, with the top six guys breaking nine hours and only one USA competitor in the top six it's six it certainly drew a strong international feel partly due to the slower times last year and also a great place to race and stay james burt took it out with the lead of the day uh, from start to finish 49 swim 426 it is a fast bike course but still it's pretty good and a 30 run for a 308 run for an 832 winning by six minutes 35 over kirk d Coville cover and 839 and quinton kirk Ooh, where we say Buchan uh, is third in 8.53 with a 4.14 bike split. Quick shot shout out to Chris Strandridge uh, in fourth. My coach and travelling partner was second for a while but faded in the heat on the run. Run times were slow due to the heat and humidity but the build all week, uh, that was built all week. And on race day it was 81 degrees and 87% humidity. Jeepers creepers. Not far off Kona humidity, but the temps were pleasant for at least the start of the race. Swim suit was optional. On the wins race, Elise Galios took it out in a 9.39 with a strong bike leg to set up her up for the day after a standard swim. Second place was goes to Florin, oh, Florencia. Who is that? Is she here? I'm not even got it in front of me. Oh. Florenti, I'm going to say, Morales, who ran the third fastest on the run of the day in a 309. Wow, that's pretty good. Smoking, that's faster than most of the guys. And it's for age groupers. That's not a pro, so yeah. that's pretty good. And was quickly catching up uh, with only two minutes, third, 30 down was third place was Leah Sheriff, 15 minutes back. Overall, the race was well organized. Volunteers, amazing. Great place to stay before the race. Lots of cheap accommodation and places to eat. Course, swim crowded on the second lap. Second lap swim. Two laps swim, yeah. Uh, bike, fast with not too much in the way of drafting near the front that I could see, but it was pretty thinned out. The run was 
twisty and technical and more aid stations than I've ever seen. Very easy to lose time if you didn't concentrate. Overall, love my time here and also Kona Bound. See you in 2018. So you're obviously qualified. Yeah, so just highlighting those results. Uh, James Burke took it out in 8.32. That is a seriously fast time. Uh, Dirk de Crover was second in 8.39 and Quentin Cock. Brokow was third in 8.53. Got to say, as Bevan pointed out, so that guy that got third wrote a 4.14. Yeah, that's impressive. Now, the sceptics amongst us go, John. wonder if it's, <laughs> wonder what this course is like. So I had a couple of guys racing there. Swim distance, looked legit. Bike distance, bang on. Both the guys got really? 180 okay. k's on the, on the nose. And I think both of them were about the run four, was four, to, four to 500 metres short, um, which is... On, on the, the bike? No, on the run, sorry. Okay. Run sort of four to 500 metres short, which is it. I, I'd that consider that within the, yeah. within the range of uh, margin of error. So right at 4.14, far out, man. That is really fast. Oh, especially for an age grouper. Eh? Mm. You know, that's that's impressive stuff. What do you end up running? Do you have the splits in front yeah, of you? Yeah, 3.32. So. Okay, so if they'd have been the run, but still 4.14, it's a great ride. Yeah, so six guys under nine hours. I, to be honest, on a Florida course, I'd, I'd expect a few more sub-nines, but probably factoring in the run was maybe a bit slower. There's no, I cannot see any sub-three-hour runs there, and there's only a couple that are under 3.10, you know. Third and fourth both wrote, ran 3.32, which is pretty slow for a um yeah. for being at the front of the field but when you ride 414 and 427 you can get away with that 414 what's the fastest you've ridden an ironman course on oh 450 and and yeah yeah i haven't done a course as fast as this but there's no way i could remote ride remotely as close, That's close pretty to those times isn't it? especially for an age group okay guys we've got iron oh, hold on. Oh. just gotta, gotta give them some love to the females i remember getting grief recently for not giving oh, enough i did talk about the females earlier but and, could, okay. and i want to highlight again that 309 because looking at those guys splits there was only two two or three that actually ran quicker than that yeah that's impressive isn't it and again run. age grouper mm. you know 309 that's smoking fast. And the girls there were riding, you know, the winner rode 5.02. Next girls were sort of all in the 5.12 to 5.15 range. Um, Paige Kelly down there in sixth place, just missed out going under five, went five hours and 20 seconds. So, oh, we have got one sub five hour ride there though. Uh, in 12th place, Audrey Mayhew, 25 to 29, rode 4.59.21. What'd she run? She ran a 403, mm. finished in 10.29 for 12th overall, fourth in her age group, which ain't going to be fast enough for a, uh, a Kona slot for the girls, I don't think. No, not at all, but that's all right. Good work. Well done for all the people racing in Florida. Guys, we hear Ironman Malaysia coming up this weekend, and it is a pro race. It's not just an age group race, so let's look at the field. Yeah, well, last year, <laughs> Frederick Cronenberg, sort of the, the king of Asia, took it out in 8.39.12, and Diana Reisler, who has won the race, one, two, three, the last three years running, she finished in 9.25, uh, beating off Maureen Half and Laura She's won it for the last three years. It's impressive. It's interesting, actually. It's quite funny going back and look at on Thorson's try rating. He always has the previous winners. And Jason Shortest, there was a period where Jason Shortest was a sharp athlete, wasn't mm, there? There was a period where he was doing really well. you got Ferris L. Sultan, Luke McKenzie's today's guests on. Berlinda Granger won it three years. So it's pretty good fields. Nicole Leader, Lothar Leader's uh, wife. So Was that the race that um, Chris McDonald was talking to us about? We were so hot here to... Was that Ironman China? It could have been. It was either Malaysia or China. But the, the thought of doing an Ironman in this sort of heat just it does, <laughs> doesn't do it for me. So I don't care how good you're feeling on the run. It is going to be a complete suffer fest. I, I, remember, I remember one year, 
like it was like I think it may be gone history as the most non-completed race of all time. Like mm. literally, like something like only forty percent of the field finished the race. It was something stupid like that. Mm. Now that's not accurate, but something like that. And I remember talking to Chris McCormick, Chris McDonald about it because I think he won it, didn't he? He was he was up. I, I have a feeling that the one you're talking about might have been Rasmus Henning was maybe winning it or something yeah, okay. like that. But Chris McDonald was like in second, and he was walking and basically walking to the finish line, and ev- pretty much everyone's just walking. You know, like no one's running, yeah. and he's trying to hide in the gaps in the buildings so yeah. the people in front behind him don't see him. He just said it was so so. He just said it was suffer fest, like you wouldn't believe. Oh, absolutely, it would be. So uh, it's predicted to be a very close race based on tour. Rankings. So you've got Jens Peterson Bach uh, predicted to come in 8.38.51 and four seconds later Frederick Cronenberg and Peru Alfaro who I've never heard of before is uh, only another sort of 30 seconds back. Christian Kramer only another two minutes back. Roman Guillaume uh, and, and 8.45. So look this race just comes down to who is going to handle the heat the best and Frederick Cronenberg uh, has got a history of doing that so a lot of these other times we see there are going to be guys that have performed well in Ironmans but how well that can they handle the heat. And you've got... Um, 20, 24 guys down there for pro field, which is which is good. You know, some of the guys at the tail end are expected to come in 11 and a half hours, so hopefully they do a little bit better than that. And on the girls' side of things, you got 10 pro females, which is probably more than we would normally expect for a race at this time of the year in this location. But Diana Reisler is expected to come in in first with Maureen Hauf and Lauren Wasner in third place. So good luck to you guys and girls racing over in Malaysia. What's the hottest race you've ever done? I've done an Olympic distance race in Borneo in Malaysia. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, it was an ITU race. Thought it was going to be a cherry pick. You, you, look, at, you look at the results. <laughs> but the, well, well, for years. those who don't know, what's a cherry pick? A cherry pick is when you can go in and you can earn some good money and you, don't, an easy you, race. you don't think anybody else knows about it. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so was who was the guy who you used to talk about who's in the Middle East now who was a great cherry picker? We've interviewed him, and he, he was he was a good athlete, but he was also like the ultimate cherry picker. Oh yeah, yeah, I know who you, Jason Meadows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he was a cherry, cherry picker. Pick yeah. yeah, and so I went over there thinking it was going to be a cherry pick, and all of a sudden, just all these ITU athletes turned up. I got absolutely. I, I think I finished, but it was not pretty. On the bike, I, Olympic distance, I think I had three drink bottles on the bike. <laughs> and the swim, you lose the swim cap within seconds. It was like swimming in a hot bath, and I can't even remember the run. But, uh, yeah, <coughs> that was pretty toasty. <laughs> it creeps me up here going, I've got this as easy got it. Yeah, <laughs> didn't struggle to finish. God, it happened uh, uh. many times in France where I thought I had these races cherry-picked. And then, well, I remember one... This, this French Grand Prix race was on the day before. I thought nobody's going to be there the next day. The French Grand Prix race had either got cancelled or something happened. Oh, and everybody, everybody turned up. And I'm just like, what the hell? <laughs> John's idea. Now, John, I went on. I went on Facebook. No, on YouTube. And I watched the coverage of, which was kind of pointless, it was pretty crappy coverage, but of the Japan, how do you say it? Miyazaki. It was Miyazaki. A World Cup race. Now, we talk about cheating at the start of the swim start. <laughs> Did you see that? I was surprised. That, that was penalty, shocking. Penalties didn't get issued with that one. Because they basically had a run start into the water, which is probably what, 20 metre run into the water. Mm. And they did the countdown, probably 10 people. And they ran so far forward, they stopped and looked back, mm. and then they, no one pulled them up, so they went, oh my God, I was like, there's a John Newsom special at its best. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did dish out some penalties there, because ITU are very vigilant on things like that. If you, in, a, in like a, 
one of the World Championship Series race. If you dive in first, they'll get your number and you will get a 15-second oh, okay. penalty. And that is, it's it's not race over, but it's potentially being Big in the time, wrong yeah. bunch. Um, so, yeah, just wanted to highlight a few. So this is a World Cup. This World is not World Cup, Series. Second tier down. Yep. And we've just, you know, we continue to see the emergence of Summer Cook in terms of the next great thing coming out of the States. So she... Uh, oh, really? Oh, yeah. She took the race in one hour 50. But how did she race... Big- yeah, yeah, so she's a she's kind of a bit like what Gwen Jorgensen was like a few years ago. You know, very very sketchy on the bike. Great swimmer, great runner, um, but it's, at the moment is quite often getting dropped on the bike. Okay. So she's um, I wouldn't say she's quite in the same league as Gwen Jorgensen on the run, but she's got the potential, and it just shows how strong the Americans are. They've got so many good athletes. They took out first and six and second. And female racing. Female racing. Yeah. And Emma Jackson was in third. And then on the guys' side of things, you had Martin Van Riel take it out, a Belgium dude, again in front of Vin- Vincent Hernandez. I'm pretty sure he was the guy who won a half Ironman recently. And Andreas Schilling in third place. What kind of prize money do these guys get? It's worthwhile going. Okay. Yeah, I haven't got that on the tip of my tongue. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ballpark it and say... Five thousand dollars for the first place, something like okay. that. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's uh, and plus they'll be getting funding. A lot of these guys, it's also about a accumulating experience, but also b about getting some qualifying points, so then they can race World Championship Series races in future. Okay. Um, the finish line was funny, wasn't it? Having a finish line between the transition. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah especially when it was. Um, yeah. Often they they you run through the front of the transition and then you're sort of. Female, oh, we did females, didn't we? Okay, we also had the Noosa Tri, which is a massive 35 year anniversary, and this is a really iconic race. Like, one of my first holidays away with my wife, mm-hmm. I think it may have been our first holiday, mm-hmm. we went to Noosa. And you go to Noosa, and as you drive into Noosa, you have the big sign on the side of the road, Noosa Triathlon. Massive race. Oh, and, yeah, and, and, and 35 years. How many races have done 35 years? Yeah, and especially short course races, and and have been able yeah, to maintain true. their standing. Like this, you know, you you have lots of triathlons that maybe have been around for that long, your local event, but this one has been a, a, a strong international event for a long, long, long time. And these days, that they these sort of races do get lost in the calendar because mm. you know everybody's talking about Ironman this or ITU series, and so it's great to see that the Aussie elite athletes are still going along to this race. It's got good prize money, so it's worth their while. Um, but it's a non-drafting race as well, which is a bit different. Oh, so it's really? kind of kind of weird to see. They had a, it'd be really interesting to speak to some of the pros about this because they're so conditioned to race a certain way nowadays, aren't they? It, yeah, in terms of the looking at how the guys came off the bike, there were some very short clips on YouTube. It did look like they were riding at a reasonable gap between, so they weren't sort of completely on each what other's wheel. What, what's, what's the gap? I don't know. It changes from race to race, but it's going to be you know, 10, 12 metres. Okay. Um, but it looked like the guys were riding pretty legit, but there was about five or six of them that were running together, so they all came off the bike together. Yep. And uh, Ashley Gentle took out the girls' race, and she really dedicated the event to Garth Proud, who really many consider the godfather of Australia. Australian's triathlon scene he was the guy we mentioned a while ago he did pass away it was a little bit earlier this year but he um, was the former managing director of USM events which basically managed manager managers and managed a lot of the major races Noosa and I think Malula Bar and maybe some other ones but they've previously been now bought out by okay. Ironman yep. so Ashley Gentle good to see her back on top she's really been one of the form ITU athletes this year uh, Felicity Sheedy Ryan was in second place and Natalie Van Coven in, in third and Jake Burke Whistle who has been 
electric on the ITU circuit, especially the front half of the year and Super League the front half of the year. He took it out on the run from Aaron Royal and Ryan Bailey. Who's the athlete two years from now we're going to be talking about? Do you uh, think it's Boot Whistle? Boot Whistle definitely would on on the guys side of things. There'll be loads of Spanish and British athletes coming through. Uh, girls athletes, yeah, possibly Summer Cook. Um, and I'm just intrigued to see Gwen Jorgensen whether she comes back, how good she is when she comes back, what motivation she's got. So you know, when you when you're Olympic champion and you've been so dominant, similar with you know Danielle as well. Mm. You get a Chrissy, don't you? Who just kind of thinks I've done enough, mm. and then you get someone like. Paula, who, who lives on forever, really, don't you? So it's, exactly. it is interesting. Joy, we, we, a few weeks ago, we, we, we introduced an idea, mm. and it's so popular, we've got a sponsor for our idea. We have. The Banana Down the Pants Challenge. Yes. And we got an email from someone, I can't remember who sent it through, said they, they, they thought they were going to do it, and then they forgot about it, and they got oh. home, and the banana was squashed in their bag. Well, that was Rob. Um, oh, was that Rob, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So World Triathlon Store, who... Um, do our Iron Talk kit I've got to say John I wore my pants Teaching my class this morning <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not lying I'm not just talking crap here They are the best pants Of all time And yeah. do you know What else I like about them A the nappy's brilliant But B They're not too long Okay You know what I mean I, I, I like, like a short bit of leg like, yeah, yeah you know we, Well let's be honest Us triathletes have good legs So we you know If you've got it Show it mm-hmm. So uh, I do like a Honestly, best pants I've ever worn. There you go. And so I wear them out on Saturday night. People love it. You can also, guys, if you want to get some national clothing on the World Triathlon Store, they have got the um, some, you can get your national colours, uh, or if you've got a massive club or you've got a big event or something, get in touch with them and they might be able to do some Quality custom clothing. Gear. Quality but gear. But if you want to get some I Am Talk gear, go on to imtalk.me, click on um, the, you find out what we've got to click on. Okay, okay I'll click on that. <laughs> but how this sort of came about was Rob got in touch with us and- He loved the Love the challenge, and he was claiming. So the challenge is, you've got to come down the finishing chute with a banana down your pants, guys or girls. Guys, hey, we're not sexist. And but now we've got a prize, so we're going to have two prizes during at some stage during the year. Uh, maybe we'll do maybe one at the end of the southern hemisphere season and one at the end of the northern hemisphere okay. season. How do we do? How do we determine it? Because this is going to be popular, John. Everyone's putting banana we're photographic pants. evidence, and we're Just the judging, judging. Panel. Oh, best best. Best photo or just go into a drawer? Best photo. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, we want best photos. So okay. it could be a banana. It could be, it's got to be something phallic shaped in terms of down your pants. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I know. It has to be a banana. A banana? Yeah, it's got to be a banana. You we can, don't want dildos and stuff well, like that down your pants. I'm going to accept cucumbers. Okay. <laughs> um, so It's definitely thicker, but let's not go there. Yeah. So if you can get photographic evidence of you during a race with a cucumber or a banana. And, and, and so I will award, from my part, additional points if it's actually running down the finish chute. If you get it elsewhere on the course, that's noteworthy. But coming down the yeah, finish chute, I think... much higher chance you're going to win. Yes. Yeah, if you're going down the finish chute. And I tell you what, if you get one on the podium, <laughs> that I think you stand a strong the chance. The problem with that is you don't tend to wear your gear at the prize giving. Well, if they do it straight, well, not the prize giving, but if they do the awards straight after the race, okay, yeah. um, you got a chance. So <laughs> there you go. You could be into win a I Am Talk. Um, oh, so what do they win? Winning some I Am Talk gear. Try oh, suit. wow. So there you go. That's insane. We might get some of those petty so pants. If you do it, take a pic, get a picture, send it through to us, and we will, let, let's say we'll do a draw at the end of uh, the Southern Hemisphere season, so sort of around... Aprilish time, or maybe maybe after Bustleton, and not at Bustleton after um, Port Macquarie, uh, and then we'll do one sort of during the uh, at some stage maybe pre Kona. 
John, so you go to www.imtalk.me mm. and store. We've got so much gear on offer here. Jeez, mm. they're really delivered for us. I wish I'd got one of those Euro caps. We might be able to sort that out for oh, you. You, might be able to, you know someone who's in the yeah. know? Okay, so check it out. Iamtalk.me slash store. And remember, photo, photographic evidence, video is fine as well, mm. of your banana or cucumber in the pants challenge. And hey, boys or girls. Boys and girls, not boys. Yeah, we definitely want to see some girl uh, entrants in there. Okay, very good. Uh, last week's discussion, we we're basically saying, well, who are the top three fastest Ironmen from your country of all time, we said Kona and outside of Kona, didn't we? So, John, you can start with a Kiwis first, and I'll pull up because I haven't pulled up. This. So I did my research here, and I've got to say, audience, it was a weak effort by you this week. Very few submissions. Oh, weak so effort. I'm disappointed in you. Uh. And we haven't got any numbers associated with some of the submissions, but so I'm allowing people to carry on their research and email it through to us. Don't paste we it had on the Facebook. six comments. I know. So, Torsten, maybe you can take care of the Germans if you're listening. Oh, Karina, and, she comes to my classes. And uh, and you guys, if you we, what we want is your fastest three times of all time, or fastest three athletes of all time in Kona and and overall. And if you have one sort of iconic national race where you can work that out as well. Okay, wait a second. We'll, we'll do your ones last. Okay. So, Karina Hirschman, she's she's actually one of my runners. She's a lovely woman, and she's a bloody hardcore athlete. She's got Germany, she's got Lang, Fredino and Hellregal. You definitely say, I, I think that Langer and Fredino in Kona would definitely be uh, the fastest. Fredino is definitely going to be the fastest of all time because yes. of uh, his rote performance. Oh, right. I uh, don't know who would be in second or third, so that's something for you guys to go yeah, and she's got into. Nina Kraft. Didn't she get done for drugs now? She did, but she had, and, and so her um, win got banished, but prior to that she had oh, okay. two or three years where she was finishing in the in the top three, so I think she had like a third or second. She might have gone fourth, third, second or something like that. So I would expect she probably is. Also Sandra Wallenhurst, she did finish uh, maybe third and she definitely had some very, very fast Ironmans uh, around the world. So I wouldn't be surprised if she's the fastest uh, female German of all time outside of Kona. It's interesting really because the German, there's not as many strong female Ironmen, is there? No. You know, when we think about the German history and long course of men, you know, you'd, you'd argue Germany is probably the most successful country in yes. long course. Yeah, yeah, you'd certainly, you know. Because early days America, but that was almost it, because it was so popular in America. Certainly in terms of depth, you'd say Germany. Australia would probably take it in terms of number wins. of wins um, and maybe podiums. But in terms of all-round depth, I definitely think that Germany would probably be the one to take but it. But then on the female side, it's not so obvious, is it? No, I can't recall. There's a few other ones. Sonia Teichsik, she was always one of the legend runners over there in Kona. Uh, so they've had some good women, but yeah, nobody nobody dominating like um, Fredino Langer or uh, Hal Regal or... Yeah, they've just had so many good athletes. Okay, you got the next one, John? Marjorie Zikant um, from the Netherlands. She was thinking Bas Dieterin, um Frank Haldorn. He's a blast in the past. So he was sort of round in the, I'm going to say, 90s. And possibly Rob Burrell. No mention of the females there, Marjorie. Um, so, yeah, try to get some times associated with that and dig a little bit deeper. I'm going to say Catherine Izzard. How yes. would you say that name? Kifferin, maybe? Oh, no, she has. I'm oh, sorry. She has got the females oh, out there. Yvonne John. Van Verken, Helene Open your eyes. and Tia Sabesma. So Tia Sabesma was the, I definitely say Yvonne Van Verken is going to be the fastest of all time yep. and quite possibly the fastest in Kona as well. But uh, Helene Bidevart, uh, she had some top tens in Kona and Tia Sabesma was the first 
female, I think, to go sub nine hours. Almost possible. Almost positive. We had her on Legends of Triathlon. Now this is so. so uh, how do you say that name? Kifrin. 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 Kifrin is that Kifrin? Um, so Kifrin's got Mecca as fastest in Luke than Crow, but didn't Crow have the record? Yes. So Kifrin, I'm sorry, I did a quick bit of research yeah. here, and I'd like some. Because Crow did like an 807, didn't he? Uh, 803, 804. Uh, 803, okay, yep. So I'd like somebody to do some research on the Australians, but Luke McKenzie, from what I can recall and uh, my two seconds of investigation, he is your fastest Iron Man of all time with a 755 at Western Australia, which was, I'm thinking, the year before last. And on the guys' side of things, as Bevan pointed out, Craig Alexander had the record up until this year, which I think was an 803, so he's definitely your fastest Australian in Kona. Yeah. And for your females, you'd definitely be saying uh, Carfrey is obviously the fastest in Kona, and I'm pretty sure she would be the fastest with her challenge rote performance the year before last as well but it's, it's usually i usually find it interesting who's second and third that's often sometimes brings up some surprises so kefren was thinking uh rebecca keat and i'd probably agree with that mm. possibly over in challenge rote yep. and although no carrie lester i'd say carrie lester would trump that with her but she finished second or third the year before last in rote and it was bitching fast yep. it was it was like an 840 or something like that and lastly, Clive Esplin came along. He said, in the UK female, you've got Chrissy, Rachel Joyce, and Lucy Charles. Then in the boys, you've got Dylan McNamee. No, isn't it Dylan? McNamee. Is it Dylan? Um, David. David, David McNamee, uh, who's the three of the four fastest times, Tom Lowe and Harry Wilshire. But in terms of getting the official line on the UK, I think we did mention that last week. And then you go to Try 247 and they've got the full list in there. So, John, going back to your Germany versus Australia, Germany's way more dominant. So, Germany wins? Mm, yeah, so Germany's won. Well, if you're just not, not the athletes, just wins. Yeah, so you've got Stadler's got what, a couple? So, in the last four years, they've won it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then there was a three-year period in the early 2000s. Mm. So that's, what's that, seven? Mm. Luke Van Leerd, eight. He won it twice, nine. Luke so, Van Leerd's not German, though. Oh, he's under the German. Oh, no, sorry. No, no, sorry, that's my mistake. Um, so they've won it seven. Australia's won it one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, seven equal. Oh, there you go. Yes. And then because Greg Welsh won it earlier, Greg Welsh was the first non-American to actually win the race. But then if we go back to second and third, just oh, kind of doing yeah. a visual representation, Germany definitely isn't more. Mm. So, um, Aussies, it's winner take all. Well, it take, well, they've had, no, they've had some podiums, so yeah, you know they've got like in seconds they've got one, two, yeah, with Macro five, and Crow, yeah. six. No, it's Cam Brown. Oh, six, yep. Uh, and third, it's all right, but even the, the Aussies will claim Cam Brown. Don't worry. Yeah, true. Like, <laughs> he's a good all over. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so actually, I would probably say Germany could take it with the better second and thirds, mm. and it's actually even in first. Top, um, top tens, Germany would be crushing it. Oh yeah. Yeah, and that's where it's really interesting. And then if you look down at the female here on the Wikipedia, Germany doesn't really even exist. Nina Kraft. Mm. Like in the last 10 years, you have Sandra Wallenhurst. She got third once. And it's, you know, so really, they don't really exist in the female race, which is really fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, yeah. The, and um, yeah, at ITU, I don't know if the Germans have really been, they've had some, the odd good athlete come through as well. But that's, that's also ironic around females, but because if you look at the men's in the, in the um, long course in the World Championship, hardly any UK athletes. I think David McNamee's the first time good oh, yeah, to is. get on the podium. Yeah, he is. So that's really fascinating. Whereas you look in the females, well, there's lots of UK. So interesting stuff. 
Okay, John, um, this week's discussion. No, no, we're talking about the Kiwis. Oh, oh, the Kiwis. So I did my research into the Kiwis yesterday, and I'm happy if someone proved me wrong here, but this is what I could gather. I did spend a little bit of time on this yesterday. So in terms of our best females in Kona, we had Erin Baker. She had, uh, I think, probably the three fastest times over there. Uh, she finished, her best time was in 9.08 in 1993, when she actually only finished in second place. Uh, so very impressive. I remember she, she won twice, didn't she? Yeah, she also had a nine thirteen and nine fourteen, I think, in there as well. Maybe a nine twelve. So that long ago to be going that fast is bloody impressive. She was um, an axe. She was an axe. And one of the results that I was looking at there, she rode a four fifty in Kona, wow. and I think that was one of the times when she got second. And she wasn't known. She was known as a runner, wasn't she? She was known as ever. Really? <laughs> she was just an ex. Yeah. So this, in terms of Kona... I, I, wish, I wish I was around in those days, you know, because like, nowadays with New Zealand Triathlon, we've got a couple of hopefuls, but we don't really have a dominant athlete, do we? And she was just so dominant, wasn't she? Oh, crushing it. And had some great battles with Paul and Ubi Fraser out there. Yeah. But Erin, outside of Kona, was that was where she was really known for. Kona, really good, really solid, wins... Impressive, but outside of there, she was just a beast. Yeah. Uh, and then it was very close between second and third. So I wasn't sure if it was going to be Joe Lorne or Gina Crawford. Um, but ended up Gina Crawford has got a six seconds quicker than Joe Lorne. She wow. won 9.14.47, and Joe Lorne's fastest time was a 9.14.53 in uh, 2005. But I would say that Joe, while she didn't have the edge in the time, she had the edge in the placing. She had a few fourth places. Yeah, she, she did right in Kona, didn't she? Very well. Yeah, she was a, Very she was a well. tough athlete, man. Mm. She was a hard-ass old Joe. And on the overall times... This no, I think you may have got this wrong. Well, okay. Because I'm pretty sure pa- Joe's pa- got pa- sub Pause it. Pause it. No, 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 you pause it. If you're a Kiwi and you want to take a guess at who you think is the fastest three times, pause it now and then come back. Okay. But I got, I, I was like you, Bevan. I thought Joe Lorne would have had a sub nine somewhere, but I couldn't quickly find one. And with a lot of athletes, they, I, I looked there, but it's, 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 it's on it's GoDaddy or something like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, this is what I could find. Britta Martin was first with an 856 in Ironman Western Australia. Gina Crawford, she had an 8.57 in Rote and an 8.58 in Frankfurt. And then Joe Lorne, I could only find a 9.01 in Rote. Well, that, that was actually, actually won the race, but uh, only in third place. And in terms of Erin Baker, I was wondering, she ran a 2.49 one year in Canada. Uh, and I looked that result up and she only did a 9.05 overall um, because that race has got a fairly tricky bike course now there were a couple of other results in there for the Kiwis from Ironman Melbourne but that was the year when I think they cut the swim in half and okay. people were swimming 25 minute swims so that's the Kiwi perspective because Swanee uh, Speedwalker Swanee gave us his men's lowdown and this week we've got the women's lowdown, we've got the fastest Aussies there and feel free to email through your country's fastest athletes in Kona and fastest of all time and we'll give them some love. It's really interesting if Joe Long could be since she quit the sport, you just never heard of it. Mm, she's got kids. She's got yeah, one yeah, kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, life goes on, but it's just, you know, she kind of really has disappeared from the scene. Like, you know, I often see people still around or commenting on the sport or. But yeah, I saw it. She went to Kona this year. Oh, she did? Supporting. Yeah, I'm not sure what she was doing over there, but I saw her, a Facebook picture of her getting on a plane somewhere with her oh, okay, little girl. Times. I think it's a little girl, and uh, heading over to Kona with. Amando and the team. Amando and the team. They're a good couple. Uh, oh, there you go. She has a Facebook page. Found a Facebook page. Did she go sub nine? I should message it. Did you go sub nine? <laughs> I'm pretty sure she did when we were in Kona, when I was in Rote. Maybe she did. I couldn't quickly find I it. I think the first year I went to Rote, was the Belinda winner? Or the Be- oh, I can't I'm remember. Sure. 
Well, yeah, anyway. Okay, um, this week's discussion, John, you want to know about wave starts. Well, the, re- the genesis for this came about from, I, get, I got an email in from a good friend of the show, Andrew Charles, who took a picture Charlesy! Took a picture out on the Queen K of a pack coming past and said he was out on the Queen K and just saw heaps of it. It was one of those ridiculous ones where there was guys up each other's jacksies like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> and so a lot of people will get fired up for this and make sure you put the whole post on Facebook so people will actually read it because they normally comment on Facebook before they listen to the show. But should Kona change to an age group wave start? Before you comment on Facebook, the things you need to factor in is athletes in the earlier waves are going to get swum over by people in the faster waves. Mm. Um, Yes, it will probably reduce the drafting on the bike, but one concern that I've got is then it might create a bit of danger on the bike in terms of fast athletes coming through on slower athletes, getting through aid stations, trying to drag grab bottles and things like that. So on the face of it for me, I'm thinking... You've got to go to wave starts because the drafting's just a debacle. But there are those other negative things to think about. So should kind of change to age group wave starts or leave to try to reduce the drafting or is that well, and also problems? what would you consider things we'd need to consider mm. if we were to go forget wave about starts. the finish time. You know that they, they did, sound like they did that this year. They extended it out to seventeen and uh, to twelve thirty, so everybody's got seventeen hours. This is to try to reduce the drafting. Should they do it or stick with the mass start? Mm, I think we know what you're going to say. Sponsor! Come in handy when you're trying to find results, John. Well, it did when I was doing my... What are we talking about? My research when I was trying to find who went sub nine and things like that. Athlinks. Went on to Athlinks, and that was a great help in trying to find uh, athletes' fastest times. I don't think any of those athletes were actually on Athlinks, but... You know, if you just hone it down, you can put in their name and you can choose a location and then you can easily find their results and they haven't claimed them, but you can do your your geeking out. So if you want to do geeking out on, you know, pro athletes or other athletes you want to find out about them, even if they're not on athletes, you can go on there, put in their name, put in the location, so then you narrow it down to the particular race that you want to look at and you should be able to pull up their results. Well, it's actually a really important thing because like I'm doing Queenstown Half next weekend now, admittedly, I've been injured in the last couple of weeks, so I'm probably not going to have the race I was hoping to have. But I was thinking, oh, if I have a good day, I could win my age group. And you've done now, a bit of competitor analysis? Well, you can. You, oh, yeah. You know, because like, if I was in, if I didn't injure myself, I was thinking the time that I would do based on historic results meant that unless a rock star turns up, I could win my age group. Now, mm-hmm. if a rock star turns up, it's a different story. Now, if I can look at the race category and I can kind of see some rock star names, I go on Athlinks. And I'm going to know, okay, well, this is the field that I'm, you know. And for a race, it's an A race. Sometimes you are going to do that work, oh, yeah. especially if you want to do well. Yeah, if you're trying to qualify for Kona and things like yeah, that. Yeah, totally, you know. And so, um, you know, like it is a really good resource for those who are at the pointy end of the course who are mm. trying to maybe, you know, that difference between fifth and sixth as you get into Kona to actually kind of explore your field. Now, admittedly, you can't really change much about what other races do, but it will at least give you an idea of, okay, well, if I have a good day, is this realistic? Mm. And you can get your spectators out on the sidelines to maybe give you updates on where particular people are. True, or trip um, them up. Or trip them up. Yeah. Or <laughs> we do th- not recommend you know, that. Throw some tacks on the road. That's right. Um, it's a good time. So, athlinks.com. <laughs> good, you yeah. cut me off there. It was a good time to cut off. We were, yeah. we were starting you're, you're, you're going way dark. down the wrong path. Okay, athlinks.com, guys. Check it out. If you aren't on there, it's all very easy nowadays. Get on there, and you won't regret it. One, two, three, four. Have fun. Been a while. It's been a long time. Where'd this one come from? Well, this one came because up in Auckland. Oh, you're trying to get Phil and to get to the finish line, and a few others. I was I was spectating on the sidelines of uh, of the Auckland Marathon, ASB Auckland Marathon, and do you bank with ASB? I don't. 
because they look after the Christchurch Marathon as well. And you know what? I've got to, I, I do some banking. I'm half and half. Mm-hmm. Half ANZ, mm-hmm. which Swanee Noah is ANZ, isn't he? Think so. Yep. So just supporting Swanee Noah. Yeah. You can you can thank me when you get his paycheck, mate. And then because they make a lot of money, the banks. They take, I worked out the other day because they announced the ANZ profits, and I worked out they make like five hundred dollars off each New Zealander a year. Yeah. That's that's a lot of money. But anyway, um, but ANZ they look after the Christchurch Marathon, and they actually do a really great job mm. because they don't just give us the money to put the race on. They put a big tent on. Any ASB member got a free massage, and then I think pretty much anyone else could get a free massage as well if, if you did something. Mm-hmm. So just like little things like that, mm-hmm. good work, ASB. Good. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I was spectating at this race, and I've got to say, if you're spectating at races, the best thing to do is get a bike, and then you can bike around the course, and especially if you're a coach, you can give your athletes constant feedback, and if you miss them, you can you can bike after them and, and catch them up. And I was barracking to a few people on the sidelines, and I was thinking afterwards, you know, the things that I yell at them are that often – You'll find this as well. When you start into coaching, you start telling people things over and over and mm. over again. It actually starts to help you with your racing. So when you're getting into yeah, difficult sure. moments, you're going, well, we did a five k, hard 5K last night and I'd be telling the athletes what to think about before we started. And then uh, I was starting to think about that you know, when I was starting to suffer a little bit. And these, are, these were a few things that I was yelling out to athletes as they were running along. A lot of it's technique-based and... Um, and it's basically on the run. It's not so much feedback for, for when they're on the bike. Well, also one thing I find, which when I know I've done a good job as a coach, is people will say to me, you're in my head. Mm. You know, so the messages that I've reinforced is what they think about in the race. And that's really, as a coach, is what, kind of what you want to hear. But anyway. Oh, and I've got to, remember when Pete Jacobs won Kona? Because of you. It was because of me. But I just, uh, when he was running out on the, on the Queen K, there was nobody else out there. And it looked like it was, was his cadence starting to drop? It was either cadence or get his knees up or something like that. I yeah. yelled that at him. And he said that after the race I heard you say that and yeah. it really helped yeah. um, so if it's good enough for a Kona winner it's good enough for you That's guys if Newsom says it believe it here we go you do one I'll do two first one I normally do especially at the latter stages of the race is uh, yelling out get your cadence up because that really drops off your, your stride length is going to reduce as you as you get more tired but you should be able to maintain your cadence all the way through the race so that's a real key one when you're getting tired yell out Get your cadence up. Yeah, it's really important. Um, lift your hips and gentle lean forward. Now, the lean forward's a really tough cue because what you often find is people lean forward from the hips. And so, you know, when we think like about running, yeah, 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 and you want to keep the column straight. Mm. So really what you've got to think about is is lean forward but with a straight body is, mm. is a good cue that I always say. So Because otherwise people bend over and that overloads your quads and we don't want that. And, and, and this is something you've got to practice um, in your training. So again, but I mean, if you say lift your hips and lean forward, that should kind of account for that. But you often say, especially my neural runners, you say lean forward and they just been over like an owl. Yeah, and it's like, no, 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 no. I have to do the analogy, but they kind of get it, but definitely you want to be leaning forward. Uh, just more on the mental side of things, you know, yelling out something like, what's your goal for the next uh, kilometre or mile or next segment, just to help them try to refocus a little bit and think about um, what's coming up. Again, especially you know where I was watching in Auckland it was from 20k's on so that's when the fatigue's going to start to kick in you're going to start to potentially get a bit negative and start to hurt and and your <coughs> mind's going to start getting clouded by negative and the feeling of pain rather than actually being sort of process driven so just reminding people to think about their their next goal drive your elbows 
when you get tired especially well one thing I, I always try to say to people is be as relaxed as possible while moving as fast as possible mm-hmm. you know what I mean because often what we also see at this point in time is that tension starts to build so you often see that bunching of the shoulders mm-hmm. or really stiff neck and so it's kind of like okay well we want all our, our kind of energy output to go into propulsion forward and efficient movement and so with that as well also just stay relaxed through the shoulders and stuff like that yeah so point four was uh, drive with your elbows and that ties in nicely with your cadence because if you can keep especially say in your last 5k of the marathon when your legs are screaming mm. uh, if you, again if you can keep your cadence up by driving with your elbows it's that's going to get your arms moving a bit quicker and then your cadence is going to follow because your, your cadence is very closely related to what you're doing with your arms point number 5 this would be something for more sort of early to mid uh, way through the run yelling out how's your nutrition Again, just getting that thought process that they might go, oh, crap, I haven't actually had a gel for a while or I, or I need to get mm-hmm. something into me. If it's uh, if somebody looks like they're suffering, I'll be yelling out, hit the coke. Hit the coke. Well, I suppose a, a good question is because... How do you because one of the problems with nutrition is people just forget their blocks, mm. you know what I mean? Like, like when I was doing I mean, I was going to eat food every 15 minutes, I was doing something every 15 minutes, and so you can kind of easy just fall behind your, your plan. Mm. And so, it, you know, that reminder might think, Oh, shit, I've gone five minutes without taking my gels or whatever mm. it is that I'm meant to take. So, yeah, and if, if you're an athlete, think about telling these things to your supporters because most of the time on the sidelines, you just hear people saying, Go, you're looking great, you're doing well, keep it up, not mm. long to go. But tell your supporters to remind you of these things because, man, you, you, it's very easy to forget them, as Bevan uh, mentioned. The last, because it's a high five, we always have uh, six or seven points in there because uh, that's the way we roll. Uh, one that I did use up in Auckland was throw caution into the wind. <laughs> and and that's sometimes something you've got to do if, uh, if you're chasing a time and maybe you get to halfway and things aren't going well, you've got to decide, am I just going to muscle through this or... Are you just going to go, bugger this, I'm just going to go for it. And so there are times where you've just got to say, throw caution into the wind and just go for it and see what happens. And then lastly, catch the person in front of you and you're effing killing it. Yes. Nice, nice. But you say effing, don't you? I use all sorts of expletives. Oh, all sorts. Okay, guys, so that's your high five for this week. We're going to get into the interview. We're going to interview with Luke McKenzie, eight-time Ironman champion. Nine, actually, I got that wrong. Because yeah, he won recently, didn't he? Yes, so yeah. nine. Nine-time Ironman champion and podium finisher in Conan with that second he got a few years ago. So he's going to be talking about the Island House Triathlon, among other things. Okay, guys, coming up uh, on the 17th and 18th of November, we've got the Island House Triathlon, which, in my mind, for the calibre of field and the amount of prize money, doesn't get enough coverage. So I want to make sure we did something about that today because it's uh, it's an awesome concept, as I said, awesome field, and the prize money is fantastic. So we've got Luke McKenzie, the race director on the line. So welcome to the show, Luke. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me on. And for those of you who don't know much about Luke, he's an eight-time Ironman winner. Maybe that's nine now. It might be updated. It's nine after, now, actually, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, after Wisconsin's been on the podium in Kona. Um, so, look, I think a lot of people are getting a bit more used to this um, frenetic short course sort of uh, different format racing, having seen Super League this year. Um, and for Aussies and, and some Kiwis, they'll know about the Formula One days, and that's where I think the sort of genesis for all this came about. But how did um, Island House try sort of come about from, from your point of view in terms of actually getting it off the ground? Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's nothing new, obviously. Uh, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, we did have the 
the Formula One series in Australia, and it's what I actually grew up. Um, that was my first taste of triathlon. Really, was you know switching on the television every Saturday, Sunday afternoon over the summer and watching, you know, the great athletes like Brad Bevan, uh, Greg Welsh, Miles Stewart, Hamish Carter, all these guys going at it week in, week out, and um, you know it was it was a shame to see that style of racing um, disappear from the schedule. It just I guess once the Olympics came about, uh, it really just didn't um, it just didn't kick on after that, and it's it's really cool to see now, you know, not only since I bought uh, the Island House Invitational back, this is the third year we're running it uh, in the Bahamas, but you know now obviously Chris McCormack has the Super League Triathlon up and running, and it's it's great to see that style of racing back again. So, so how did you? How did? Why did you choose Bahamas? And and obviously, I guess there must be somebody over there who's fairly fanatical about either supporting the sport. But but how did it actually come about to, to being where it is and and uh, and getting the level of support you've got? Yeah, uh, it's, it's interesting actually. I had a long time sponsor, Marco Loesco, that is based out of the Bahamas, and he's he's been uh, the driving force behind the whole race. But um, basically, I, I did Challenge Roth in 2014 and off the back of that, enjoyed a few days um, going to the Tour de France with Mark, who was a sponsor of the Garmin Sharp team at the time. And um, we were watching the Tour de France and I you know, was going for rides and, and talking to Mark about how I felt that it was time for you know a different style of triathlon to make its comeback, and and I mentioned the the Formula One days and how it was an exciting style of of triathlon, and and and, and the you know basically the the formula I had presented to him, I said you know I think you could base it a lot like cycling, where you could have an accumulation of of multiple multiple stages and you could have swim bike and run leaders and you know this is all nothing new like i mentioned but it's just something i felt was what i was really passionate about as a kid and as i got into the sport and i'd I'd really love to see it come back so um you know mark was very generous in giving me the opportunity to run a race uh, in the bahamas and and he wanted it to attract the best athletes in the world and uh, so we set about doing it. So in 2015, we launched the first Island House Invitational Triathlon, and it's it's gone from strength to strength, and now in its third year this year. So what, um, t- tell us about, I guess, Island House and, and what's in it for them, and if you've got anybody else on board in terms of production companies and things like that to make yeah. sure that, I guess, at the end of the day, they're getting some, some good value out of it. Yeah, I mean, Island House is also another one of Mark's projects, which is a... A resort down in the Bahamas so uh, obviously for him he uh, would like to get the the island house name out there and people considering traveling down the Bahamas would obviously be looking to stay at the island house resort it's a great great facility there and in, in a beautiful location and um, yeah, it basically we've got um, you know obviously Island House is on board with backing the the event, but we also have some partners like Cervelo and Gatorade Endurance and um, OxyClean this year have come on board as well. So you know we're starting to grow with the with the sponsorships as well to to help you know get some longevity with the race and um, yeah. So that's in a nutshell where we're at. I think we um, you know we've got a, a strong presence in the in America in North America 
with the with the coverage. We produce a TV show that uh, goes out to North America, and we've we've started to hit some global markets last year, and we want to expand on that this year. Uh, a lot of people ask us, why don't you do live coverage? And I, t- to tell you the truth, I don't really want to do live coverage coverage with this event until we can do something that I feel is worthy of of what this race is and what we would want to put out there. And I know that the ITU and Super League have invested a lot of money in 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 their television uh, for the race. And I just feel that until we can come up to par with that, I really don't feel that we, we have the ability to do any live coverage. Mm. So the TV package that we put together for now is is where we're at. Um, it's it's fantastic prize money. I mean, in relative to other sports, it's it's not much. But in terms of triathlon, uh, would I be right in saying that outside of Kona, there's probably not any other um, race that's got that level of prize money for um, you know for essentially one one event. Yeah, um, we are actually the second biggest prize pool currently in the world of triathlon. So, uh, for for a single event, uh, obviously there's the ITU series and and uh, things like that. But yeah, it's something that I I really wanted to hold on to. I really wanted to uh, make sure that the athletes, I guess, were were compensated for their for their time and effort to to come and race with us and to offer half a million dollars is something that I think is the real draw card for the event. and But I, I'd probably say that once you talk to the athletes about coming to the race, I think they would come regardless. It's an event that we we really focus on the athlete and we really want to give, give them that that experience that's it's a bit unlike Ironman or it's a bit unlike ITU. It's, a, it's, a, it's an environment where we're bringing the best athletes from all styles of triathlon together. And I think that that's what the athletes enjoy about it the most is actually racing against got people that they're they're never usually racing against uh, on the on their particular circuit, so that's what makes it fun. Um, to run us through the format, because it, it looks like you've tweaked it a little bit this year, um, and it looks like you've sort of each year you kind of tweak it a little bit. So, so tell us yeah. about the format you've got running this year. Yeah, I think I just like to. That's the ability we have with the race, with not really having a set format, is we're able to tweak it each year and and do something different just to keep all the athletes on their toes and I think that's probably another aspect that the athletes like too is the unknown factor in the whole thing even the even the ITU guys are very nervous about the the non-drafting portions and the Ironman guys are are worried about the speed factor but I think that you know to be an end of season race I think we obviously couldn't be running another Ironman style event but we we had to find a, a happy medium and and I would say, obviously, this event is probably tweaked more towards the shorter, sto- shorter course style of athlete. But um, at the end of the day, I think it's we've we've been able to attract a lot of Ironman uh, athletes that have probably come from an ITU background as well. So they actually enjoy getting back to their roots a little bit. Mm. Um, yeah. So this year, we're we've actually reduced our racing to two days. Uh, in the past, we've we've raced three stages over three days, but this year we're actually going to race three stages over two days. So we're going to start the event on the Friday uh, Friday morning with a, a prologue-style event, a very short, sharp, I guess, seating event, like a, a cycling-style prologue mm-hmm. where they'll do a 7K, a 7K bike ride, a 3.75 swim, and a 2K run. So about a 20-minute event, and that's sort of going to establish our, our leaders going into the enduro in the afternoon. And so the enduro is going to be 
a, a bit of a mix from last year. Last year it was a little bit more standard enduro style. This year we're gonna we're gonna start with a run, go from a run into a swim, into a bike, uh, back into a swim, into a bike, and into a run. And uh, it's basically split up a sprint distance triathlon uh, into to five segments. So uh, we we really should see um, an endurance factor come into this. Uh, a lot of a lot of transitions. Uh, will make it interesting. And then on the final day, we have the pursuit sprint race, which we've had every year. And I think it's a, for us, our, you know, it's, it's our uh, Champs-Élysées stage, I guess. It's nothing, nothing like the Tour de France, but we wanted to keep that, that, that continual um, stage there every year that we've, that the athletes can, can, can expect. And that's a sprint distance race. And basically they go off, at the time deficit to the leader of the event after the first two stages. And so as they come down the finish line, uh, that's where they rank for, for the event. So first pl- first place is going to take off first, um, whoever's leading, and then and then the others basically leave at whatever yep. time they are behind them after the first that's stages. That's it. Fantastic. Now, um, one thing that I've been intrigued about with, with um, say, Super League and, and Eurovent as well is, is how, how do athletes sort of get onto it? You know, um, obviously there's a few Aussies in there and um, Terenzo and people like that. And, and you, like last year had Keenlay and and yeah. um, and Lionel Sanders. You know, what's your sort of criteria for actually deciding who gets to race there? Because I'd imagine you'd get, with that sort of prize money, you would get quite a few inquiries. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we at the start of the season put the feelers out to athletes that would like to be involved with the event. Um, we we don't actually send out any invites until later in the year, but it's at the beginning of the year uh, we you know have a lot of athletes that voice you know their um, they would like to to be part of the event. And over the year, basically, I help Mark select uh, a field of a, a well-rounded field of. Um, athletes from all styles of triathlon so um, Mark at the end of the day sends out the invites uh, but I I guess I manage the correspondence between the athletes I feel as an athlete myself I have good relationships with with a lot of the athletes out there which I I think helps uh, with this with the process but um, you know at the end of the day Mark's the the one that you know, he invites the athletes to his event and uh, he has the final say. But, yeah, like I said, we really try and attract athletes from all different styles of triathlon and it's, it's actually a really tough task to, to whittle it down to, to just the 15 that we're inviting. So where, where do you want to take this in the future? You know, you obviously get you get a stellar field. Um, you got really good solid prize money. You know, as you said, second best anywhere in the world. Um, obviously, the location is fantastic, but I, probably, I suppose it's not ever going to have that you know, feature where it's going to be lined with spectators just due to the no. the location of it. So, you know, where, where yeah. are you hoping to take this? You know, further down the track. Yeah, I mean, this is our third year, and like I said, we we we've been hesitant with with really. The investment to go all in on the live coverage and 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 the TV time by there is, you know, it's quite it's quite a big commitment. And obviously, I know that uh, there's only so far that the the sponsorship dollars do spread in in order to do that. And so, in the next couple of years, it's definitely the goal is to to bring it up to speed with with the things like the ITU and and the Super League. I think that that's where we can really 
grow the race. Uh, like you said, it's unfortunately it's not a very spectator-friendly event being held on a private island in the Bahamas. But at the same time, I feel that that does really bring a level of exclusivity to the event and, and something that's quite unique. Mm-hmm. So uh, the athletes really enjoy that, and I think that long term we can produce a, a really uh, really epic race out there. Mm-hmm. Cool. So if people do want to follow it um, on in terms of the weekend. Yeah, and I know um, Bob. Uh, Bob was there last year doing doing a lot of coverage. But um, if people want to follow it, you know, tell us uh, the channels that you will sort of have open in terms of uh, Twitter, Facebook, or whatever yeah. whatever you've got planned. Yeah. Well, obviously, uh, social media is our biggest friend these days, and um, you know, through the the regular channels of of uh, Facebook. Uh, Twitter, Instagram are all going to be, um, you know, heavily documenting the the event over the weekend, and uh, we'll be producing this year for the first time a race recap that'll go out each after each event. So uh, look out for those through our social media media channels as well. Mm, cool. Now with your with yourself racing, I think the last time we spoke to you or saw you was. Uh, Lying on a um, on a chair after Kona the year before last, uh, <laughs> feeling pretty despondent about the whole situation, <laughs> and um, I don't recall seeing your name popping up too much after that. I know you came yeah. down to Challenge Wanaka, which didn't go your your way, yeah. um, but then you've recently bounced back with uh, winning Ironman Wisconsin. So um, tell us yeah. where you, where you're sort of at with your career. Yeah, um, yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that Kona. Uh, 2016 um, you know at that time I'd really I'd just been battling through um, a lot of hip and back injury that was really just to the point of despair like you said I was just really uh, you know didn't know where to go with it and at that point I didn't know whether I'd ever want to come back to Kona or even pursue Ironman racing anymore you know I've been doing it for a long time and it, it, it really took a while for me to to I guess get over the the demons in my head there i'd had three pretty tough ironmans in a row off the back of the race of my life in ironman western australia and i guess you feel you put so much work into into this sport and for it not to be panning out it was just got to the to the stage where you know i was was having a tough time with it and i i felt like i'd trained well over the summer in australia to go to challenge wanaka and and, and do well there and it, it was just evident that you know I, I just wasn't right and I, I just got to the point then where I knew that I really needed to t- take a step back and reset and, and, and it was right then and there after Wanaka where I said to myself you know I'm not going to pursue Kona this year I'm not going to keep banging my head against the wall I'm just going to take a step back you know I had a lot going on with family life and um, you know obviously things like this organizing the event and we just launched our we're our own apparel company and I, I felt that this year was going to be I guess about establishing those things and and resetting the body and mind uh for a potential you know last year or two of Ironman racing so I guess I got to around May or June and really started to I guess miss miss the racing and you know I, I was racing in the meantime but I feel like you know my my training wasn't really hitting any sort of goals or I didn't really feel like I had any direction. So it was when I got back here to San Diego in June. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, there we go. You, she's, uh, the youngster's lasted well. But <laughs> She's lasted a while, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, but, 
you know, I, I got to a stage where I felt I needed a goal and I needed to commit to something. And I, if I was going to get a, another couple of years out of my racing, I really, you know, felt like I needed that direction. So I sat down with Beth uh, in around the start of June and, and we nutted out a plan. I said, I'm going to go to Ironman Wisconsin. I want to start the process to qualify for Kona 2018. And, and that's going to be my goal over summer. And you know, it was it was good to be racing towards a goal again. I felt like it had probably been since Kona twenty sixteen that I felt committed to to something, and so I, I really set about you know training hard and and focused, and and it was great to come back with a win there at Ironman Wisconsin, and and I guess feel myself again. So um, yeah, Kona twenty eighteen is the goal. I want to be back there. I want to have the race. I know that I can have. Um, you know, 2016, I spent a lot of time walking in the later half of the of the marathon, and I, I felt very disappointed in myself, I guess, for um, not having the the race that I prepare for, but also probably neglecting a few things going into that race, which led to to me not having the race that I could. So I think from now on, I think if I'm going into an event like with, you know, like I did in Wisconsin, it's got to be all in, it's got to be focused. It's got to be, um, you know, the old me. And I think that, you know, that's the reason why I haven't chose to do an end of season. Ironman. I initially, I, I wanted to go to Cozumel or, or Ironman Western Australia, but I think looking at it, um, logically it's not, you know, I'm not not able to put all my energy into a race right now with with running this race in the Bahamas and and with our business that we've got going on with the apparel. So I think, you know, an early season Ironman, uh, probably something in Australia like Port Macquarie or or Ironman Kansas on the horizon for me. Fantastic. Now, it looks like the race, the way it panned out this year, might sort of uh, work in your favour with a few more uh, Uber cyclists to be your friend on the bike. Yeah, no, I enjoyed watching the race this year, and that was the first year in since 2006 that I wasn't on the start list. So, um, you know, besides 2010 having an, a non-start with this injury, it was sort of, um, you know, it was different being on the other side of the fence. I actually really enjoyed it. I went out on the boat and spotted in the swimming with Matt Lieto, and, um, you know, I was in and around town in, in certain parts of the race just to watch the just to watch it all unfold and it's just an intriguing race and I think they're things that I'll take into the event next year that you know it's it's you learn a lot by doing the race but you also learn a lot by watching it as well mm, fantastic now you mentioned your um your clothing line a couple of times there it looks like pretty snug fitting stuff and uh so maybe just give give that a plug and tell us a bit about your clothing line yeah, and I, I sort of always a little bit apprehensive to plug my my you know my my brand, but at the same time, I think it's been it's been fun for Beth and I to launch something that is ours and to put our put our energies into something that you know we really enjoy doing. And so, you know, since the beginning of the year, we've obviously been creating our own style, doing our own our own tweak on triathlon uh, apparel, I guess, and it's it's something that you know we're we're really passionate about and to to get win republic out there we went out to to kona for our i guess our first big presence and and we were just overwhelmed with the response we had we had some great um feedback out there and, and we had some some events that we did out there that it just blew me away what we were able to do so it's we're in our infancy it's it's it, we're by no means 
a large company, you know, where we've, you know, obviously had to, in, we've invested our own money into this and it's just something that we're going to try and continue to grow uh, from year to year. Look out, Nike. Look out, Essex. Look out, all these companies. They're coming <laughs> to get you. <laughs> we'll see. Awesome. I know you've got a very well-behaved uh, baby there in the background, so I appreciate yeah. uh, that they've done well to get through this. And, um, you yeah, guys, look, make sure you check out this Island House race if you haven't seen it before. Keep an eye on the social media channels because uh, it is a really different format. It's wicked scenery, and uh, and you get some of the best in the in the business there with the likes of uh, Richard Murray, Moller, uh, and some of the best Ironman athletes in the world as well. Flora Duffy will be out there spanking the girls, I'd imagine, along with Andrea <laughs> Hewitt and, and co. Yeah. So, um um, good luck with the event, and uh, we'll look Thanks, forward to mate. seeing you on the start line in Kona next year. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Obviously, John did the interview. Anything? Any, any comments post interview? No, I'm just looking forward to seeing seeing the coverage. They got. Uh, we'll talk about the field maybe Nick on next week's show, but they've got some good strong athletes. I think on the girls' side of things, Flora Duffy will probably. Uh, kill everybody out there but um yeah it's just a if you look at the footage you know if you go back and look at last year's race if you've got a, an indoor trainer session and you want something to watch i had a quick look they have their their highlight show from last year i think it was about 40 40 odd minutes long 40 45 minutes and you wouldn't you'd probably forgot the results by now so mm. yeah and uh it just looks like a spectacular venue and as i keep going on you know great field great prize money different format what's the format i know you would have talked about it but what is it well, you just listen to that. Oh, listen to it. So I'm not going to repeat it for the people who have just hey, heard people that. love hearing it again. <laughs> okay, let's put some music on. My first try. Good old Duncan Danger Penfold sent this through. In 1988, I was nine. How were you in 98? 88. I was 88, I would have been uh, 12. I would have been 9 as well. Mm. No, I would have been 11. 88, 80, 88 was a big year. Yes, Scott Molina won 9-man uh, Hawaii, it was a big year. Michael Jackson was big, big in those days. Mm -hmm. Pseudo Echo, mm -hmm. oh, that might have been 97. Would you take me to... I was 9. It was the SeaWorld Milo Triathlon and the course was completely within the grounds of the amusement park. SeaWorld's a park in Australia. Uh, it was a 100 metre swim, a 2 to 3k bike and I can't remember how long the run was. My mum, one of the smartest people I know, that's very complimentary to your mum, helped me prepare for the event buying me Velcro shoes. That's a pretty good idea from mum. You know, it's yeah. fast transition. Fast transition. The ones without the laces, just two straps of Velcro on each side. She cut off the double loop helmet buckles and sewed on a nice. His mother is committed to this. Side on, side on some Velcro. Now that's not uh, so wise. Are you legal? Because <laughs> doesn't it make it really unsafe? It would. That's the whole point of a helmet. Speed uh, was prioritised over safety. <laughs> This saved me heaps of time in what is known as transition training. Leading up to the event, I learned that my rival at my swim club, Matt Long, had also registered and his father had brought him a new bike with 24-inch wheels. I remember looking at it looking so cool. Plus, it monstered my tiny BMX. So I asked my parents for a new bike. But was met with a solid and not negotiable no. Well, there Tell is a, there is a limit. Yeah. I'm getting that at the moment. And it's no. Oh, really? What, yeah. Thomas wants a new bike? He wants a road bike. He is got fanatical feed about triathlon. Feed the fire. Not, you know, not with my dollars, I ain't feeding it. Has he got a, a part-time job yet? No. How old's Thomas? 10. I was working at 10. 
Oh, yeah. I was working like eight. I was a paper boy and then a milk. I always worked. Uh, the swim was in a lake where they did a, the dolphins show. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Imagine if had dolphins in it. I doubt they did, but that would have been cool. And I came out a little bit behind Matt, which was expected, but I would beat him out of T1 by over a minute. Why is that? Because <laughs> of my helmet. <laughs> so much so that his dad was worried and went to ask if he could check on him. Ooh. He was worried he'd been eaten by a dolphin. <laughs> there you go. First ever case. Picture me, a skinny nine-year-old, shirtless, in my Speedos on a tiny BMX with a cadence of about 175. I'm five minutes into the bike course. Picture my wheel dropping down into the train track groove and then getting being catapulted over the bars and through the air to meet the concrete. Bad, bad times. I picked myself up and with tears pouring down my face, I limped to T2. My hip and Chest, chest. We we're covered in blood, so I pulled out of the race. By the, I was pulled out of the race by the official. Matt wins that age group. Twenty-one years later, I come back. I come. Twenty-one years later, I come back for more at the Gold Coast Quarter Triathlon, nine hundred meters, nine fifty swim, forty-five ride, and ten point five k run. So there you go. There you go. Duncan yeah. Danger Penfold. Don't, the don't mess with the helmet. Gotten the name <laughs> Danger from an early age. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So if you want to submit your first triathlon story, we like hearing about them. Just go onto the IM Talk website and uh, flick us through an email there. When does he get? When does he get a road bike, Thomas? I generally say about twelve, and this is something uh, Coach Kylie, who's coaching with you as well, yeah, I, she was coach. she was winding Thomas up, which in her, in turn wound me up. Um, oh, so tell me about it. So about, tell me about, about it. road bikes, and I and I. I oh, so she was saying, "Oh, you need one." Yeah, she, I think she was just trying to get me fired up, which worked. <laughs> um, but look, my general philosophy on kids with bikes is you want to be pushing them onto mountain bikes and getting them riding off road as much as possible to build their skills because. You get the speed later on, yeah. and, and Thomas is just annoyed because he's getting a bit left behind because... Uh, oh, other kids have road bikes Other now? kids have road bikes. Uh. And and uh, the, my main rationale, well, that's partly is, is safety and learning skills, but also I don't want kids to be priced out of the sport with, or parents to be priced out of the sport at a young age. So do you, it growing yeah, that, that, that so, is a hard one, isn't it? so fast. And mountain bikes are a lot more adjustable than road bikes. You know, if you get kids on on big road bikes, they're all, they're completely out of control. And uh, whereas mountain bikes, you've got a bit more leverage in terms of um, letting them stay on them for a little bit longer. And you just don't want parents having to buy bikes every couple of years. No, and it's it's it's, it's a pretty expensive sport as it is. Mm. You know, and when you've got a young family, okay, uh, sponsor. Xendurance.com. Yes, Fuel 5. Fuel 5 Plus. Oh, tell me about it. So they actually, for you guys that are going out training and you, you need that little kick when you're out there, uh, they've got the Fuel 5 and Fuel 5 Plus in their single serve. Um, okay, nice. Single serves. And with the Fuel 5 Plus, that's a great thing to be having midway through a ride because it's got that caffeine in it. And and often, you know, you start your ride, you've only got two drink bottles on there, you need something else on board for, for the second half of your ride. You need to stop and get a crappy, expensive drink from a uh, store or you can Coffee carry time. a Extra, a little bit of extra fuel um, and they've got these sachets in there so you can take them out there and get the kick that you need later on in your ride really good idea for long rides eh? Mm. you know because you can get in the middle of nowhere but you might be able to get some water mm. and then you've got your fuel plus mm. so check it out fuel, they've got fuel 5 and then the fuel 5 plus is the uh, one with the caffeine in it and uh, really worked a treat for me over in Kona last year you know I was suffering like a dog uh, at one stage waiting for it to kick in kicked in was on fire. Good times, rock and roll. And what happened in that race, John? That was in the training. 
I did use, uh, I think I used some in the race as well, but in the training, that was on. Uh, you won it. That's all I needed. You that's said all, so I won it. I won I it. I have, don't, don't, I've won don't an break Iron, it down. I've won an Ironman race in Kona. Yes, there you go, because you used full five plus. Here we go. Okay, John, uh, let's do the winger of the week. The winger of the week, you choose a number and, and I'll go to the page. The number this week is from random.org is number eight. Number eight. And on my little list here, that says Kona, 33, 33rd in training. Okay. And that goes to Lynette Warren from United Arab Emirates. She did 11, 12. Jeez, man, our, our, our crew are hardcore. Because to get 33rd, you've got to do 12 and a half hours. Yes. 11 activities. Lynette Warren from... UAE. Yep, so Juan, you are the winner this week. Now, I did notice... You're a winger of the week. On our actual face... Uh, not our Facebook page. Maybe we could call our banana competition the winger of the year. Okay, winger of the year. Yeah. Here yep. we go. Anyway, sorry, go back. Now, on our Strava page, I did notice that we've got about 600 people in there now, which nice. is good. good. Um, but for you guys to be showing up on this traintrends.com, which basically lists all these different categories, then you need to make sure that your, pub, your profile is public. So if you want to check out these rankings that we talk about each week, then you can go traintrends.com slash Strava slash IMTalk, and uh, you can see who's been the most active, who's trained the longest activity who's been the speedster we had 106 kilometers an hour this week uh, who's been swimming the most uh, who's been biking the most who's been running the most who's had the most duration and our 33rd place for total training time gotta say good week for the kiwi woman mm. nadine voice commander st hadley she did new york marathon she wanted to go sub 350 to 346 so mm. she smashed it and good old tracy bar 15 activities 15 activities, but she didn't make Monday night running last night. Well, she's doing 15 other activities. Very good, Tracy. Okay, John, um, questions and answers. And Alan Bryson sent through. Not sure if you have heard about this, but he's basically sent through a link to Kona 5. Now, this is not the same as what you replied oh, to on yeah, email. Because it, be, it used to be Epic 5. Epic yeah. 5. And we've uh, interviewed people about Epic 5 before. So does uh, that still go? Uh, uh, yeah, no, um, that was on last year. We interviewed um, Mal from oh, Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Epic 5 is where you do the five iron distance races on five Ironmans in five days. This is Kona 5. This one's called Kona 5. Five iron distance triathlons on the World Championship course on five consecutive days. Self-supported. No, no crew for 120 hours. So how many people do they limit to? Oh, not many. They basically just get a house and uh, and you go over there and and do it. Um, I've got to be honest, it doesn't sound like fun to me. <laughs> Doing five Ironmans in five days is oh, bad pretty enough. Cool challenge. But to go and do it on Kona, in a, in an unsupported environment, but they do it in a different order as well. So Monday you do, well, you basically do bike, swim, run every every day, which seems kind of odd that you do the swim after the bike. But that's the way they do it over there. That's the way they roll. And it's done in November. So it's actually coming up next week. November 11th to the 19th. Okay, nice. So you go, go over there and the you get the guy called Keith Rogers looks after you. Do a shuttle service from the airport. You got uh, you stay in a house together. You have a bit of dinner. Yeah, It's really interesting, isn't it? Because it's just like a camp, really, isn't it? Yes. But you're just kind of doing the same thing every day, which would be kind of a different experience, wouldn't it? Yeah. Each their own. Yeah. So check it out. Kona 5, and they'll be racing it in a couple weeks or next week. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. I'm, I'm more into racing and having official results and things like that, whereas this is more of a, 
I guess more of a personal challenge. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've got a question here from, this is from, who's it from, John? You haven't got the name there. It's got, hey, John, Bevan, here's a question that you might want to consider for the show. Question. James the Red Rocket Thomas. Oh, there you go. Oh, oh, good old James. Yeah. Oh, okay, James. Here we go. Um, I've been doing aerobic training solely for the last 10 years. I'm functionally weak, but I've finally started to do some strength work. I'm actually starting to enjoy it. It's early days, so other than getting better at strength program exercises, I'm not seeing any gains in the bike or running performance, which is fine for now. However, I am finding that I am struggling to complete my easy aerobic-based training sessions especially once they exceed 60 minutes. I'm weight training three times a week and hope to do so more for several months in order to build the strength I'm currently missing. I'm 52 years old. I know, James. I thought you were early 20s. At least uh, for the next four weeks, and my strength training has been done under the supervision of a talented physiotherapist who understands my situation. I've always loved endurance training and hated strength training, hence my dilemma. Any thoughts or suggestions? Should I spend the next few months doing strengths and skills? And what endurance I can and then pick up the endurance once I go into my maintenance mode on the strength training. I guess I know the answer, what the answer is, but I thought I'd see what Coach John had to say. If why I, it's only three weeks and my strength training. I so it's basically his, his, his exercise he's doing, he's doing seated squat, single leg dips, uh, squats with uh, arms raised holding a pole, he's doing plank, doing some push-ups, doing some pull-downs and bent over rows and he said he wants to, he's going to build in some lunges um, when his knees are strong enough to do it uh, and He's also doing some back squats. So I'd say, James, you've got most of the ingredients there for a good strength program. What I often see is people just do far too many exercises um, when they're when they're in the gym. And so I'd say hone in on a, on a, a small number and do those exercises really really well, rather than doing a. I'd, I'd probably avoid doing a complete body workout and just focus a bit more on your legs if ultimately you are trying to get more strength for your cycling and, and running. Yeah, core, core as well, but in terms of actually doing pure strength work, you know, your squats, your deadlifts, your lunges, um, doing some band work for your glutes is fantastic. Yeah, and also just functional compound movements nowadays, you know, where you're doing different part, two different different body groups at the same time, you know, mm-hmm. like you've got your squats of your overhead there, and that's, that's an example of it, but especially like bands and stuff like that, you can do some really great exercises that are mm-hmm. really good for strengthening glutes, single leg glutes, but you can get some upper back works, so it's also strengthening your core, there's some really great movement, the movements nowadays, like when I first started doing weights, it was, you know, squats, bench press, you know, it was pretty basic, but nowadays, you know, what people are coming up with and the way we can move our body with strength training is really innovative and actually more applicable to what we're doing in sport. Now, um, I think your main part of your question, though, is you're suffering from doing the strength training and it's really having a negative impact on everything else you're doing. So given you're only three weeks in, chances are you're going to adapt. Um, So I would be suggesting that you keep up your aerobic endurance, even if you feel crappy and slow. Um, Now would be a really good time to focus on some more skills-based exercises within that endurance component. So for example, you might have a little block now where you want to focus on doing some cadence works. So lots of athletes, Ironman athletes, have got very poor cadence um, when they when it comes to half and full distance races. So you might go, okay, during this period here, focusing on my strength, but then I'm going to have a secondary focus on the bike, I'm going to do some endurance work, and I'm going to focus on really starting to develop my cadence. So you might have one workout a week where you're doing some, some real over-cadence work. So for example, if your cadence might typically be 75 to 80, which is really common for Ironman athletes, you might do a trainer session where you might 
might do, say, two minutes at 90 RPM, two minutes 95 to 100, uh, and then another two minutes maybe 100 plus and go through that cycle a bunch of times and then you might have another workout that week where you're going out and riding a bit more sort of Ironman paced uh, effort but you're trying to ride at a cadence that is say 10 RPM higher than what you normally do and just trying to make a little bit of a shift there rather than actually trying to do intervals with your cycling or with your running actually work on some skill components or possibly do if you're on a run focus maybe work on your running drills um, but I would say Give it a few more weeks and you will start to adapt and the strength training will still take it out of you but uh, you should be able to carry on with relatively normal training. The other thing to fa factor in uh, is the timing of your sessions. So have a good long think about that, where you're doing your strength work and, and how that's going to impact your other sessions and maybe tweak that a little bit. And then probably the last thing I'd say is um, really try to do an extended warm down when you're doing your strength work. A lot of people go to the gym and maybe they're not uh, sweating up a storm when they're doing their strength work and so they often sort of forget about their warm down. But I'd say try to do a really good long warm down. You know, maybe a 20 minutes on the the treadmill and that will help uh, mm. help your recovery as well or or do a spin on the bike or maybe do your strength session in the morning and doing uh, some aerobic work in the afternoon that will enhance your recovery. One thing I would recommend around the enjoyment of the workout is strength training is a different beast to what we do you know we're, we're a slow release kind of exercise and often if you and I'd say first of all make sure you're moving well so you know in this early period you want to make sure your foundation of your movement is really safe before you start and put big loads on but you've really got to get to the fight in the strength workout you've really got to get to the place where you're, you're kind of before you pick the weight up you're almost shitting yourself you know <laughs> you're, like you really do you know because <clears throat> like when i was really into my strength it was you were shitting yourself before every kind of you know most most kind of set you do and it was so rewarding and then in the last period of time i do a little bit of strength but now it's a bit of fundamental stuff and you know if, if you don't have that the workout is a bit boring mm -hmm. you know what i mean and you kind of think oh, what's the point and you know and so because it becomes boring you just don't do it but strength work's so important especially as we age you know if we think about the, the interview with did with um uh who was it you know the guy who's a real legend <laughs> you know. real legend uh joe joe, joe frill joe frill and he did his 50 year old book mm. you know a lot of that was about you need to be doing strength work mm -hmm. you know and so you've got to find the enjoyment in the workout so it becomes motivated to keep doing it and First of all, you've got to find great movement. Mm -hmm. But once you've got that, you've really got to kind of get to that level where you are pushing yourself hard. And one of the best ways to do that is to use a PT or to get a training partner. Mm -hmm. And if you can get someone who's, you know, like if you are going to a gym, just notice who's there at the same time. One of my first training partner, he's come up to said, oh, I know she's here all the time. Do you, want to, do you want to train together? And I was like, yeah, great. And mm -hmm. having a training partner makes a massive difference in the weights room. So I would just say, Learn to get to that place where you're almost shitting yourself for every rep, you know, and then maintain good technique. Um, okay, John, that's the questions and answers for this week. Let's talk about our patrons. If you want to become a patron, go to www.imtalk.me and uh, you can do that. But I want to do the first one. You can do the second one. Okay. Well, uh, you, you go with – so we're Greg Penner, who we did have on the show recently. He was uh, the Canuck, I'm pretty sure, who was over in Canada, lived in the middle of uh, middle of nowhere, and went over there and did Iron Man Canuck. World Champs. I've never heard the term Canuck. Have you not? No. Where have you been living? Oh, New Zealand. That's probably why I haven't heard <laughs> it. The Canuck. Okay, Greg Penner. I was thinking something to do with writing, you know, pen. Well, pen so did I, John. There you go. And then I went on Google while you were talking, because I'm always listening, and I looked up the greatest writers of all time, and some of them were like, mm. but then Roald Dahl came up. Okay. And Roald Dahl, and then I looked up Roald Dahl's books, and there's a few options BFG. here. BFG. 
Well, I did think the BFG. Yes. You know, I did think the BFG, and then I thought Champion of the World, because Danny Champion of the World was one of my favourite books of his. And then Dirty Beasts, mm. the Dirty Beast. Have we got a Dirty Beast? We've got Dirty Little Rascal, we've got Dirty Little Secrets. Yeah, okay, maybe not. So it's either, okay, BFG or Champion of the World? BFG. Okay, BFG. So Daniel, the BFG, oh no, Greg, the BFG Penner. Well, you can help me with this one. Okay. Get, get ready to Google. So Daniel Flannery. Flannery. I was thinking Nigel Flatley. That's just what Did, came into well, my head. John, we're on the same page today. So Riverdance. We've done a, and I think we've gone down the same page. Have we had the Lord before. of the Dance? I think we have. Okay, um, Michael Flatley. 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 Flatley, isn't it? Yeah. So for those of you, I'm sure everybody knows Michael Flatley. He's the, 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 the Irish dancer. Yeah, he would have made a lot of money, that boy did. Because mm-hmm. that, that was all the rage to... Yeah, Lord of the Fly, Lord of the Dance. Yeah, I'm not sure if there's a nickname here, John. Okay. Well, one we haven't used. Tappy. Tappy. <laughs> Tappy. <laughs> I don't think I like Tappy, but... You don't? Okay. Wait a second. The Celtic... No, the Feet of Flames. There we go. That's a good one. The, the fl- Feet. The Feet. Feet. Yes. Of Flames. He ru- D- Daniel runs so fast. He's got the Feet of Flames. And, and of it flames. works with the last name. Feet of Flames Flannery. There you go. Oh, John. For our powers, we've made a perfect nickname. We've done well today. We really have. Yep. Mm. So the BFG and the Feet of Flames. If you want to get a nickname like that, guys, which obviously is life-changing, Daniel's going to show this to all his friends, mm. and it's going to be his new nickname, and it's not a crap nickname, is it? Mm-hmm. I'd be pretty happy with Feet of Flames. Yeah. And uh, so go to www.imtalk.me, I'm talk.me, and you can support us doing the show. John, sponsors. Athletics.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. And our patrons. And remember, guys, you go www.imtalk.me and you get the show emailed to you and you can email us at imtalk at gmail, imtalkpodcast at gmail.com. We've closed off the messenger on our Facebook. So well, we, we never look at it. And we, email's better for us. People, people will send us messages and we never actually looked at them. So we just thought, close it off. So if you want to contact us, Email is the way to go. John, your gossip. Okay, so we've only got a couple of weeks left if, if you want to come to over to Challenge Rate. Right? We've still got a couple of spaces oh, left on, on the camp, but we have to have our entries in in the next couple of weeks. So don't delay if you're going to be in. And guys, because we've been doing a bit of promotion around it, so I've kind of looked into it a little bit more. What we're charging is so fair. Mm-hmm. You know, like what are you getting for your dollar? It basically works about $250 a day or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, maybe even a little bit less. So somewhere around there. When you go travelling... That's your accommodation, your food, the training. You do have to pay for your race entry. Yeah. But, you know, like, that's what you spend when you go traveling anyway. It is an amazing race. Oh, and the race, you know, the camp experience. So, guys, if you're thinking about it, do not delay because you, you in two weeks from now, you're not going to have to come back in. So yeah. you make sure you jump on board because you will not regret it. It will be an amazing life experience. That's all on. If you go to www.imtalk.me, you've got to go to the front page. I asked John to put it elsewhere, but he hasn't. Well, I looked at it, but it wasn't really going to fit anywhere. Okay, so front page down the bottom of the page, and then you click on a link there, and all the information goes from there. John, your goss. My goss. Um, I wouldn't say it's a. You know, I don't like the term busy, Bevan. Oh. A few things on a little bit, and the training's. Not really. How'd you go on your five fast, five, fast, five, fast 5K last night? Uh, 1733, I yeah, think it was. Where I was at for my last one. So that was okay. Uh-huh. Favourable conditions. Oh, I it was pretty cor- windy last night, wasn't it? Well, I set a course that you got quite a bit, you got a nice tailwind, and then when you had the headwind, you kind of had a bit of protection. So it was quite, it was a loop. Uh-huh. So it was legit. It was two loops. Yep. So you got everything that you gave. But 
it was slightly more favorable so that was okay that's a fair reflection of where i'm at but it's uh 16 minutes seems a long way off and, and i'm only going to get remotely close well, to you're that. Doing 15 and a, oh, 16, 16 that's right so you're gonna lose a minute and a half that's only gonna uh, that it's a real reach goal and i would have to be really dedicated like i was for say Rose and kona and right now i'm prioritizing my time elsewhere trying to stay on top of other things so yeah had a little run last night in a team so we've got anybody in Christchurch if you're not in Bevan's running group and you want to come along to more of a tri group we've got Monday night running at 5.30 every week John, do half an hour of core and then do an hour of running but a hill reps uh, last week was a hard five last night was a hard 5k did you win yes I did Poke by country mile did you say in your face as everyone came in yep that's yes. what I did that's right um, so who's the best? Had a little swim out at Pegasus, first open water swim. First time taking Thomas for an open water swim uh, at the weekend in Pegasus because he's going to be doing his first You cheat when you have Thomas on the first time. No, I give him a fairly healthy head start and I, he's turning around going, come on, get in. And I, this is a non-wetsuit swim and I'm like, I'll catch you up, I'll catch you up. So that was good to do a little uh, open water swim with him. Outside of that, Bevan, uh, we've got... Cup day coming up next week. Oh, back it up. John's oh, favourite day of the year. After the race. Have you got a new suit this year? Because you often get your new suit for Cup no, day. I'll stick with that. Stick Put your with my, my standard suit. Go number three and 12. We're going three and 12 all day. Yeah, I don't, I don't really get your strategy. Oh, well, because you talk about liking gambling. That's just, a, that's just a guess. Yeah, but I don't know anything about horses. Yeah, so, horses are a different game. Bevan, that's, that's Is it a big about, day? It'll be a big day. But like, big day. Well, I've got, sometimes I have to look after other people. Oh, really? So we'll, that will be the. Is it, is it, does the name start with Ben? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. Who else is going? Does I'll the Philanator do the races? Uh, not so much. Oh, no, no. Just all my sort of old school primary school friends. That's where we hang out. So it's good. Good day at the office. Oh, races. But what's happening in your world, Bevan? What's happening in my world, John? Had fire? Do you do fireworks? No, but I heard them going off. But no. Where was someone who set one off at five o'clock in the morning the other morning? Mm. And I think it was almost payback. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you, if you like an hour, you hear them bloody all night long. Mm-hmm. And I think someone thought, bugger this, I'm going to have a five in the morning and pay yeah. back for everyone. I was awake, so it didn't bother me. Uh, I did fireworks on the weekend. I mm-hmm. do like doing fireworks, John. I know animals and all the rest of it, but it is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It is. And especially that moment, because I get to light them. Yeah. And it was quite satisfying. And the smell. Yep. Do you like the smell? I do. Yeah. Oh, that gunpowder smell like that. Um, what else has been happening, John? My hamstring hasn't come as right as fast as I hoped. So I haven't really been running in the last week and a half. Which this time next year, though, you'll be running New York Marathon? Well, I had a few people running it. I knew a few friends running it. One woman was going to five hours. She did five, oh six, five hours and six seconds. Mm. But I think she may clock time, may get it. But um, I was watching it on the app, and I was screaming, go, go, go. And so it was pretty cool. It looks like a pretty phenomenal race. <laughs> I had my first ever in-race email yesterday uh, from an athlete. Oh, what? Were you carrying your phone, were you? No. So... I had a guy that was running. He's doing Ironman in a few weeks, and he wasn't taking the run seriously. He was uh, just doing a race. He and his, what he was running with his wife. Oh, he emailed you in the race. Yes. Oh, back oh, it up. This is a first. Uh, and he says, how, "How should I run it?" Because he was there to support his wife. And I said, "Well, look, running. Your wife's probably going to be fine for the first half. Um, so why don't you run the first half at X Y Z pace, yeah. roughly? Run back, and then just wait, and uh, and then help her through the, the the last ten miles, the harder part of the race. So what was what was a marathon? So she was doing the marathon. So New York, yes, doing oh, New York. Okay, okay. And so they, they were running it together. But I said, oh, it's 
probably not that much point running the whole race. So you run the first 10, 10 miles ish at this pace, wait for her, and uh, and then help her in the second half. So he did that, and so I knew he was running at that stage. So I sent him a note saying, oh, "How did the run go?" Expecting to get the reply after the race, and he pings me back a message. Oh, yep, just waiting with uh, the six, sixteen mile mark, waiting for my wife to come through, and I'll run him with her. I was like, "It's the first time I've ever had a mid race email." Well, what was really funny was because I, I trained a couple to do the race, so the husband and wife, and um, she'd done a few marathons. This is his first, and he literally wasn't running six months ago, so it was kind of a big journey to get him there. And uh, I text her as she finished. He was he was about half an hour behind her. And because he's got an Apple Watch, mm. he got the message. So he knew how... Right. Yeah, so nowadays you actually can be communicated to in a yeah. race, which is kind of... Times are changing, aren't they, John? Times are a-changing. Lean forward. Get your knees up. Yeah. Well, if I knew that, like for the lady, if I knew she had an Apple Watch, I would have texted her because I was watching her. I probably would have given mm. her a couple of tips in that last little bit. Um, other than that, John, that's pretty much it for me. No gossip, really. Nice. No. Let's get it done. All right, Russ. I'm we don't train hard. Train smart. Kick, Kick her. her.